right, Anchor fans. So um, we're here in Tulsa with a brother of mine named Brother Yancey. We drove all the way out here so we can hear his story. But this, what you're getting ready to hear is two lives, two black brothers' lives that have been changed by Christ and uh, the anointing that follows and where we're going now. So let's get into it. All right, Anchor fans. So um, you got brother knowledge here, prophet knowledge, minister knowledge, whatever it is you want to call me. But uh, I'm up here in Tulsa with my sisters. Uh, We drove up here for one of our brothers to actually um, hear his testimony, you know, hear his story. And um, I got him right here with me. Brother Yancey, give a shout out. Anchor fans, what's up? It's Yancey Duncan. I'm from Robbins, Illinois, right outside of Chicago. Glad to be here. Chi-Town in the building, repping, man. You know, I got people out there in Chi-Town, too. I actually lived out there for a little while. But uh, today we want to talk with Brother Yancey about his story. We want to find out how Brother Yancey got to where he's following Christ now. Was that like a traumatic event? Was I mean, what was the significant point in your life that led you up to Christ? Because everybody has a story on how they found Christ. So how did you find him? Uh, that's a very good question. Um, to be honest, he found me. I wouldn't say that I found him. Uh, my grandma uh, taught me that uh, when you uh, train the child up in the ways that he should go, when he's older, he won't depart from it. So I'm thankful, number one, uh, for my grandma just planting that seed from the very beginning. Uh, and what happened to me uh, on seven seven thirteen, uh, God really did something to my life you see my mother uh, left me in the car at two weeks and seven days before i was born my father was killed i was born uh valentine's day in 1987 he was killed february 7th so i suffered from a lot of rejection um just a lot of uh, unrest on one feeling a wanted um and so the magic thing that happened to me is that uh, the Creator showed me love, and I had never experienced love from a parent, uh, from a family member. Uh, I lived with my grandma from zero to nine, and she's the last human uh, I could really say who I experienced genuine love from. So when the Creator showed up in my life, it was like a collision. Uh, I had walked the earth, you know, for I believe it was 20-something years, 27 years at the time, and uh, even relationships, even the family that I have, no one had uh, ever shown me uh, genuine love. And so the way that he captured my heart, brother, was amazing. And I've never encountered such a force. So it was the love that did it for me. Okay. So what I'm hearing is how you got to where you're at and, or where you were following Christ was through rejection, not having parents that were there to spread the love for you but you had a grandparent a grandmother who gave you the word gave you the love unconditional love and that's what brought you to christ correct uh yeah it, it planted the seed i never say it planted the seed but i i've had a prodigal son experience but the seed was definitely planted with my loving grandma who we call big mama okay oh yeah we all got a big mama man through uh, I have big mamas. Uh, she didn't pass though. Uh, 
So I have an experience with that as well. And I come from a praying um, family as well, a background, my grandfather, like, man, I don't think nobody prayed for me like my grandfather did, that spoke over me, that uh, always had something positive to say. You know, he always be like, Dwight, you know what? Uh, when you stop doing all that, you know, God is going to use you. And I'm like, Grandpa, what you talking about? Like, I, listen, I'm just too bad for God to use me. He's like, God can use anybody. I'm like, Grandpa, not me. It was spoke over me to be a preacher at an early age, like in the third grade. And I told her then, I was like, mm, God is not going to use me. You know, I'm not no preacher. Now look at me. I'm preaching. I'm teaching the word. I got all these gifts. Everything that I did for bad, I now do for the good. You know, I do for the kingdom. I do it in the right way now. I speak the right way. So I can actually attest to that as well. You know, like, um, my father not being there, that was my, the main thing for me, was my father not being there for me is what made me the father that I am today. Because everything that he didn't do for me as a child, I began to do those things for my children when I had them. Or even when I didn't have my own kids, I used to do it for other uh, women's children because I just wanted everyone to know what a real father was because that was a real bad thing for me. But it's like, you know, on my dad's side of the family, I was like always, I don't want to say glorified, but I was always... Uh, they didn't look at me as a bad person. Like on my mom's side, boy, couldn't tell them nothing. That bad white, we ain't dealing with him. Mm -hmm. So through everything on my mother's side to my dad's side made me the man that I am today. But I know that was nothing but God because I have been in the trenches, bro. And I yeah. bet you you've been in the same thing as well. Absolutely. Um, that was really beautiful. Um, and for me to get to know your story kind of sparked a lot of similarities in my own story. Uh, and just knowing that you overcame those things encourages my story. Uh, and so, um, number one, I'm glad you drove all the way from Oklahoma City. Uh, shout out Anchor fans. And uh, we'll pull up on you. So, watch uh, <laughs> how you do that. But it's not that he'll just pull up on you, but uh, he'll pull up on you planting seeds. And so, in my walk, uh, in this uh, story, I understand that uh, seed seeding uh, is what uh, grows. And so, your grandpa, a praying man, it reminded me of my own grandpa who was a pastor. And so, uh, seeds has been planted in us. And no matter what has happened, uh, regardless of a father, you know, not being there for me or you, uh, or even a mother in my case, uh, God can work things out, right? And so it can look ugly. And so the Bible says to walk literally by faith and not by sight. So for me, it was ugly, bro. Some days, listen to me, sleep in my car, no mom, could have the criteria and be on my own. You know, All right, Anchor fans, so we kind of lost y'all a little bit, uh, but the next question that I have for Brother Yancey is, what did you do when you answered the call? What was the next thing that you did when you answered the call of uh, God, when God called you to the ministry or whatever it is that you do? What did you do? How was it? Uh, man, beautiful question. Uh, to be completely honest, when I very first uh, answered the call, I thought that things would become perfect. Uh, however, uh, truthfully, the things really got harder. I thought that when you become saved, 
everything just becomes good. Your relationships is going to be good. Nothing bad is going to happen. Uh, God is just finna be this genie that's finna make everything come true for me. Um, but it didn't happen that way. Uh, it was really different. It was a struggle. And there was uh, a lot of maturing that my spirit had to do. Um, so I experienced a lot of church hurt. So when I first answered the call, uh, I sort of backslid not long after. What about you? When I first answered the call, to be honest with you, man, it uh, it took a lot. You know, that's, that's a story that I got to tell. Um, God had to sit me down. You know, he had to, he had to sit me down. How he sat me down was I, I started to lose a lot of friends and family. Mm -hmm. Not just like them walking away, but more so a lot of people dying. Left and right, mm. uh, to my baby, to uh, some of the women that I slept with, uh, to my cousin, to uh, just a lot of people that I was close to. Mm. And when that happened, the main one was my son and my cousin, who I was mentoring. He was first. It was my son. He passed away uh, March thirteenth, two thousand fifteen, which was actually two days after my wedding anniversary. So it was very significant. And then the following month, my cousin was murdered, April 28, 2015. And I was his mentor. He had just gave his life to Christ and everything. So that kind of happened back to back. It did. It happened mm -hmm. back to back. And then the following month, um, my wife confessed her infidelity. As mm -hmm. I was uh, an adulterer first before she was. But uh, she confessed hers. I forgave her, you know. Uh, but uh, then the following month, I went to jail. Mm -hmm. And that's when God set me down. So when all those things happened, uh, that's when I began to answer the call. Now, did I do it immediately? No, but I then knew that it was a calling on my life. I started chasing after God like it was nothing. Mm -hmm. But I kept chasing my wife as well because I wanted to be with her. But each time that I got with her, my life got miserable. I mean, mm -hmm. it just went to hell. And so uh, when I finally stopped chasing her in 2018, when I told her that... Uh, I wouldn't chase after her anymore. That I would just chase after God because it was spoken over my life. He said that when you chase after the after God, the way you chase after your wife, ain't nothing gonna be able to touch you. Mm -hmm. So the last time that she left, I literally just began to chase after God, mm -hmm. and it got tough because I mean I just I didn't see any more death like that, but I saw death to my family um, spiritually. Like they were connected to me more when I was of the world mm -hmm. than when I answered the call of God. Like. My uh, my family, literally my mother, my father, my brother, my sisters, uh, aunts, uncles, everybody that you can name wasn't there. You know, like when I graduated in the ministry, I was excited about that, and not none of them showed up. Not wow. not one. The only ones that was there was my two sons, uh, a brother of mine that um, you know we used to gangbang together, and. Um, two of my cousins and then a woman that I had been sleeping with at the time. Mm -hmm. But she stayed outside. The other ones came in because they was watching the kids for me. But if it wasn't for me having the kids, they probably wouldn't have been there. Let, let me ask you a question. In terms of mindset, uh, what was the transformation in your mindset uh, before you answered the call to after you answered the call? What really uh, transformed for you? Could you elaborate on that? Uh, yeah, I believe uh, when I was in sin, should I say, I thought a lot 
with my carnal man, we operate sort of in the five senses. Mm-hmm. And so as a carnal person or a sinner, if you will, uh, we tend to make decisions. So uh, before you answer that call, as you begin to mature, how uh, could you explain your transformation into um, after the call, your mindset, uh, how did it transform? So how was it before the call? It was very carnal-minded. It was more like like worldly. Mm-hmm. You know how everybody else get angry and upset, and you think that it's a person coming against you. You know, and that's how I felt. Like mm-hmm. I thought that everyone was against me because the only time they noticed me was when I was doing something bad. But when I was doing something good, nobody noticed. Mm-hmm. Only outside people that didn't truly know me noticed when I was doing good things. But the ones that knew me, the ones that were close to me, they never noticed. Bro, I feel like don't say anything to me if you can't compliment my positives, right? But you can only speak on my negatives. Mm-hmm. So I really relate to that. With that said, though, how was the uh, transformation in terms of your mindset after answering the call? It was tough, man. You know, to be honest with you, uh, I still was... Still was a very angry inside because I was hurting, mm-hmm. you know. So I had to start going to counseling to uh, seek out counsel for what was really going on with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, because talk, I, if you will talk a little bit about that hurt, uh, for me, I've had hurt uh, without knowledge to uh, be able to learn how to deal with my hurt. Uh, talk to some of that hurt. All right. Uh, well. The number one hurt was uh, my father, of course. Mm-hmm. You know, I always, right. I always wanted my dad to uh, to see me, and wow. I always, even as I got older, I still chase after my dad, wow. like, like a little kid that was at a window, uh, looking out for every car that went by. Like there go my daddy, there go my daddy, mm-hmm. there go my daddy, wow. and none of the cars was ever him. Wow. So are you telling me that that hurt uh, carried? on into your mental transformation when your mind answered the call yeah when i when i answered the call when i found out there was a calling on my life i was excited to tell all my family and it's like there was no excitement coming from them at all like wow like he's really changing his life it was more like oh whatever you know like you know we've seen this before it really don't matter so you mean to tell me when you first answered the call Jesus don't make everything perfect for your life. You still nah, experience. I, I, I thought that it was going to be like that. I literally okay. thought that everything was just going to click. Mm-hmm. Everything was going to come together. Like my moms, my dad, my sister, my brothers, uh, my you know, just everybody. Mm-hmm. I thought it was just going to click. Like mm-hmm. the Lord was just going to bless this walk and I was going to be able to help them. Because all I ever wanted to do in life was help my family. Mm-hmm. That's why I wanted to be a ball player, mm-hmm. you know, basketball, football, track, whatever. Because I wanted to be the one to take them out of poverty. I think um, it's a lot of people who can relate to your story. Me, for sure. Uh, I grew up wanting to play basketball, and I grew up wanting to change the the trajectory of my family's life. Um, but for me, I was doing it before the uh, call. I was trying to do it with money, chasing the money. When I was able to develop a more spiritual mindset after the call, then I became... Uh, I began to do things more in wisdom, right? right? So when you say that, 
um, the hurt, uh, and it's a lot of church hurt that comes from what you're talking about. Oh, yeah. um, ha- have you ever experienced church hurt? If so, talk a oh, little yeah. bit about it. <laughs> when I was growing up, you know, uh, with church, I noticed a lot of things like preachers sleeping with uh, members uh-uh. of the choir and, um, you know, some gay preachers just to talk about it all. You know, just a lot of sinfulness, let's just call it that. Mm. And uh, I'm like, you know, how can this man sit up here and teach us the word of God mm. and, come on, you know, sit up here and say, oh, well, we shouldn't do this or we shouldn't do that, but you turn around and do it as well. Mm. So I ran away from that church, went to another church, and, you know, the same stuff just kept on going on. So I just kept on running from church. I was a church hopper, mm. you know, mm-hmm. and um, there's one church I came to. It wasn't even that stuff going on. It was more so... Uh, divorcing and uh, just a lot of things you're like okay now you are the ones that counseled us now y'all going through a divorce but you're telling me to fight for my marriage but what's going on in yours your marriage so I I recognize that spirit was there at the church because it was a lot of people it wasn't just the pastor I I wasn't even talking about the pastor I'm talking about the deacons like it was so many people that were divorcing their husbands and wives in the church and I was like we got to get away from here I think that brings me to an idea uh, you uh, experience a lot of that church hurt you and there's people out there today who are not messing with the church they not uh, really taking heed to God's word uh, how did you navigate that uh, church hurt and lean more to the creator how can you help people do that I literally walked away I literally stopped going and I started just reading the Bible for myself, um, studying it through and through, you know, from cover to cover, not just taking a little piece of scripture Mm. and standing on that. I would take the scriptures that they told us to read from Mm. and I would go and study for myself, but I would read the full chapter, you know, from the top to the bottom or, you know, the who, what, when, where, and why. It's like, why Mm. am I reading this scripture? Why is this so significant? Why did this happen? You know, why does God tell us this? So it was like so much instructions in there on why we should live the way we live. And that's where I really found Christ. You know, that's where I really found out what the word truly means. I think that's so beautiful in what you're telling me because that's really my story. Uh, Drake got a song that say, uh, I made his story. He Mm -hmm. say, I I tell my story and it made his story. As Mm -hmm. you telling that, it's really speaking my story because... For me, it was the word that I had to go over and almost ignore completely uh, what churches were saying, what pastors were saying, and to even take it to a deeper level, I had to understand Pharisees, I had to understand Sadducees, and so I had to take all those words that you went to and that you read, and I had to put it into my life today. And so what it did for me after answering the call uh, I began to replace the old words and the old mentality that I had with new words. I started to get better finances. Uh, I started to get uh, better jobs. I was working at a car lot. I had never made this type of money in my life, right? Uh, making a hundred thousand uh, a year, uh, just selling cars and gates to a millionaire. So my life, because of the words that I was uh, choosing, began to grow and change. So the transformation for me. Uh, the before life to after 
uh, was uh, definitely tremendous. And it was exactly like your story. It was the word. So I'm right there with you, bro. That's dope to me. Amen. You know, um, the main thing that I did when I left the church is I pretty much took on Spirit of Jesus, the Holy Spirit. Mm. I looked at um, Jesus as to why um, he stayed on the outside. Mm. How he connected with so many people, you know, in so many ways. E elaborate a little bit what you mean by he stayed on the outside. What do you mean? Uh, Jesus d didn't go to the synagogue, wasn't welcome Ooh. to the synagogue. Wasn't Ooh. welcome to, the synagogue is the church. Wasn't welcome because he was bringing awareness to what the real word says. He was bringing truth. And because he was messing with their pocketbook, mm -hmm. he was messing with their finances. Come on. He had more followers. Like the people began to leave the synagogue and follow Jesus because he was healing people, because he was um, doing things that nobody else was doing that they weren't doing in the synagogue. Like, you know, a man that had, um, you know, issues or a woman that had an issue of blood was mm -hmm. instantly healed by touching the hem of his garment. Uh, and there's a lot of things in uh, that's not in there that Jesus did, but I mean they couldn't write it all. But still, those are things that I mean when you really read the word, you begin to see Jesus was a brother. Like Jesus was doing that, you know, as you say, Jesus was that nigga. But I mean, just to be honest with you, like he was the truth, mm. the way, and the life. He's the lifestyle of what we should model ourselves after. You do a prayer line in the morning. I'm blessed to be on that uh, line. Uh, if y'all want to get on that line, get on it. It's popping. But something that uh, one of your people on the line uh, said is that the word was made flesh, right? So as you speaking about Jesus, um, I'm interested to hear. I know Revelations 12, 11 says that they overcame by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. Jesus really is <laughs> that nigga. He's tight. Mm -hmm. I love him. He's captured my heart. But how did you take uh, the word that was made flesh? How did you take that story and put it into your life so that you can walk better? I asked God for it. Okay. I asked God to uh, give me every experience of every man in the Bible. Ooh, so explain that. Elaborate a little bit on that. Oh. Goodness gracious, <laughs> we gonna be on this one. You know what? Let's let's go to break, and we gonna come back to this one because this is good. All right, anchor fans. So we're back. Uh, it's me and brother Yancey. We're still having a conversation. The last thing he asked me about was um, about my walk and how I got to this point. And was it easy or was it hard? You know, what did I expect from it? And I was getting ready to tell him that I asked for these experiences. You know, uh, while I was um, literally, I was sitting in the house one day and I was like, you know, God, you got to show me who you are because I tried everything else. You know, I tried looking into the Quran. I tried saging and smudging. I tried... Uh, you know, sorcery things. I tried pretty much everything and none of it worked. You know, I saw like things just destroyed and uh, saw my place go, my car, everything, family, all of it. So I'm like, okay, you got to show me who you are because this ain't working. So what did I do? I went to school. 
uh, for ministry, which was uh, actually... Let, uh, let me ask you this. When you say ain't working, what were you looking for? What was your expectation? It's trying to find my purpose in life, man. Like, what am I here to do? Why, why am I here? You know, why are these things continuously happening? Why am I still alive after being shot at so many times? Why am I still alive after the women that I have been with, their men were threatened to kill me? So you telling me you found something that's working? And it's showing you your purpose? Yes. Explain that a little bit. Alright. So the last thing that I did that really opened my eyes is uh I walked to a police officer's house one night. Uh, I didn't know that I was going to a police officer's, mind you. I had, first of all, I, I was fasting for 34, 35 days, somewhere around there, on just straight water. Because mm-hmm. I was trying to get to that 40 to get that experience of, uh, of Jesus. Jesus. Um, but in the midst of that, I got tempted, and I fell for it. You know, I, I started smoking marijuana again mm-hmm. because, it, it, you know, sometimes it just seemed to calm me down and relax me. But it would always have me seeing things and hearing voices, just like alcohol. And this particular day, I heard the voice say, uh, would you lay down your life for me? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay. Um, I, I know that voice, but I'm like, okay, I might be tripping, you know, whatever. So I sat down on the couch and said it again. Would you lay down your life for me? But it was extra loud this time. It was like, would you lay down your life for me? I gave you everything. I gave you your wife. I gave you your children. I gave you um, your house, your car. I even gave you your father. Everything you told me that you wouldn't pray to me for back in 1996 in Twin Lake Apartments. So I was like, that's just too coincidental to be uh, true, like how would those things, how would you know those things? So I said, okay, fine. I literally left my house unlocked and I uh, basically walked out the house, left the house unlocked, uh, left my keys on the table, started taking off my clothes in the street. Like I had pants on and I had some shorts on up under it. But uh, it was, um, you know, I had my wallet in there, my cell phone, this phone right here that you see was in there. Uh, the wallet had money in it, like $250 in it and all my cards and what have you. Uh, took my cross off through it. I had just got that for Father's Day. Um, my barber uh, license to get inside the barber college. I threw that, took my shoes off, which was some polo boots, and I just went walking. And I was like, okay, God, you know, so what are you doing right now? And he said, don't talk, just listen. So I started walking even further. And uh, I asked him, I said, well, am I about to see, like, you know, like Moses, the burning bush? Mm-hmm. And he's like, don't talk, just listen. So I kept on walking. And there was a car that pulled up next to me. And I recognized this car because it was a guy that was in the car. His name is, uh, well, I'm not going to say his name because I do know his name. <laughs> but uh, anyways, he uh, he was looking at me. And it was like he couldn't see me because I saw him, but I wasn't focused on him. I was actually just still walking straight. I'm walking through grass in my socks uh, with my uh, shorts on and a Nipsey Hussle shirt that said dedication. Mm -hmm. So I see him and it's like he really didn't see me. So it's like I had the experience of Moses in the burning bush Mm -hmm. because he drove by, like he he slowed down and everything. It was like he was looking for me because this dude was actually supposed to kill me. He told uh, my wife, that when he saw me, he was gonna kill me because I slept with the mother of his children. She told him. 
But anyway, so he drove off. I start walking again. I get a little bit further up the street on Lyrewood. And now there's a black car that stops me. Uh, and I couldn't tell if it was a man or a woman because the voice sounded like a woman, but it looked like a man dressed up as a woman. And an all black Impala. And, uh, you know, basically asked me, it's like, do you know where the, uh, or the, do you know how to get to the bus station? Do you know the street name? And I'm like, nah, I don't know the street name, but if you take me down there, I can get you there. Because yeah. literally, I started hearing that I need to go get to my wife and my daughter. Like something was getting ready to happen to them. Mm. So we went back and forth with that, and the person drove off. So as they driving off, I heard, uh, if they come back, then it was meant to be. Mm. So I started walking out to the car. I started running, like running out to the car. As I'm running, the car stops in the middle of the street, turns left, goes straight up, busts a uh, right, and disappears. And I can't even find the car after that. Long story short, I end up at a police officer's house, knocking on his door. And I told him to kill me. Because I heard the voice say, you know, this is where I wanted you to be. He's like, I know what you're doing, God. Like, why am I at a police officer's house? I'm sitting on the curb. Officer went open the door. I go back up into the yard and I stand out there and I said, Mr. Officer, you're supposed to do something today. You're supposed to kill me. So I went up to the door. I knocked on it. I beat on that mug. And the door still went open. Like, he, went, he was just talking to me through the door. Mm. They came pin me down to the ground, you know how that go. And the lady asked me in the car, she's like, do you know where you're at? And I literally said this. I said, we're not in Kansas anymore. <laughs> but uh, long story short, so again, I asked, for the, I asked for that. When I asked God for an experience of every man in the Bible, I've literally been going through each one of them, like a process to get to where God is taking me or who I'm called to be or what I'm called to do exactly. Uh, I met that officer. I went back to his house. I apologized to him and his wife and kids, and they actually wanted to do a story with me. Wow. Wow. You have any more questions? Uh, well, I got a question for you. How has it been for you uh, after you answered the call? Was it easy? or Have you seen that it's easy or it's tough? What is it? Um, it's definitely not easy at all. And it's tough, but to be honest, there's two parts of it. There's the easy part and there's the hard part. Uh, for me, the easy part is just in knowing, uh, like literally knowing. When I jump up in the air, I'm gonna come down. Uh, and so Romans eight twenty eight, there's a knowing uh, in the same sense that Sort of like if I jump in the air, I know I'm going to come down. And Romans 8, 28 says, all things work together for the good of those who love the Lord. So in knowing that, that's the easy part. But the difficult part is the storms. You see, Jesus was on a boat. The disciples was going crazy. That was, uh, oh, Jesus, it's storming. It's, it's going us, crazy. Awesome. Yes, yes. And so... My man was sleep. Dodge the hear me. He's sleeping, right? So that's the hard part. Uh, finding yourself in between the disciples and Jesus uh, as we uh, have di different situations in life. Uh, it could be with uh, people we want to build relationships with 
whether it's a significant other or uh, our family, our kids, there I realize that there's always storms, and when you're going through those storms, it's hard. Uh, it, it's difficult, and so there are two parts of it. The easy part is knowing that uh, my faith is secure and that God is going to work it out, but as you're going through that storm, bro, it's tough. No mom, no dad, tough, right? Homeless, tough, right? Uh, friends getting killed, getting locked up, going to prison, tough. Losing people, even your story. Losing your kids, bro. It's people in the world who lose their mom from losing their kids. So this is your storm, right? And you, you talk to me about your storm is the hard part. So I recognize that it's not just hard for me but I just recognize the idea of a storm mm. so we all go through storms if you're able to recognize your storm then we can incorporate what Jesus told to the storm uh, to have peace so mm. uh, putting one the easy part and two the hard part together uh, I guess makes it more manageable for me because uh, in a storm, if you know that I'm going to make it through the storm and by the end, I'm going to still be intact, you're able to find peace. And so in that thinking, in that mindset, I'm able to display uh, fruits of the spirit, patience, uh, love, peace, uh, kindness, those things. So when all hell is breaking loose, when uh, I just lost my phone today, bro. My I got a dude squatting in my house. I got a female who is not really working out, and I invested a lot. It's a storm, right? Mm -hmm. So in the storm, I have to find my own peace. So for me, as long as I have the word, I can't really say it's too hard. Times get hard, but uh, God is able to give me peace uh, through any storm. So... I'm chilling, bro. <laughs> so, <laughs> what I'm hearing is that uh, basically you're singing hallelujah in the middle Ooh, of your storm. Come on, boy. You you, baby you, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you, uh, you embrace the storm. Instead of, <laughs> you know, saying there's a storm coming, you say, I am the storm. Preach, brother. <laughs> I, I am the one <laughs> that's literally doing, you know, the I am statements. Come I on, am bro. an overcomer. Come so, on. the storm is not going to stop me, I'm going to stop the storm. Who are you speaking it? Because Jesus literally stood up and he commanded the storm, right? So when we're able to take this knowledge and speak to our storm, just like you said, command the storm, bro. That's beautiful words because that's exactly what Jesus did. And that's exactly what we are called to do, being made in his image, command mm -hmm. your storm. And so oh, yeah. he's giving me revelation on how to do it. Man, I'm telling you, I, I embrace the storm. You know, is it tough? Heck yeah. But in the middle of it, I'm still giving praise. You know, we get up, we still get on the prayer line Hallelujah. every day. Well, Hallelujah. Monday through Friday, which we're trying to implement Saturdays and Sundays too. Thanks. But uh, still, right now, we make sure that we in the word daily. You know, we Thanks. get on the prayer line, we'd be on there four, five, six, something, what? Close to eight hours one day. <laughs> that's a whole work schedule. <laughs> yes, sir. You know, but that's just the way the Holy Spirit is moving. And, I mean, I can test to the same thing about, you know, the woman thing. Mm -hmm. like, uh, right now, I'm literally still married. Going through a divorce, but I've always wanted to have that relationship, mm -hmm. you know, that uh, that marriage. Uh, 
be a father and a husband and, mm. uh, you know, to a beautiful wife with children and, and raise them up the right way and not just do it for that, but do it for the kingdom, but show others that you can have this too as well. Let me ask you this. So even in your storm, even in that and learning that Jesus is a tool for you, reading his word, going over his word. Right now, as a black man, there's not many of us in the home, uh, and we're very absent from children. How do you uh, incorporate God into your walk in order to be a good father, the things that you sort of just talked about? How does God help you? Uh, I, modeled, I modeled myself after God. Mm. I literally found out his attributes. Come on. You know, what is it? The secret things. Come on. And um, I started talking to my, my children as if mm -hmm. I am him, mm -hmm. you know, speaking to them and speaking the right things to them, not tearing them down, mm -hmm. you know, not beating on them, not ridiculing them or judging them, but loving on them anyway, forgiving them and telling them like, you know, hey, it's all right. But when they do something, yeah, you get punished, you know, just like God punishes us. Mm -hmm. You know, when we step out of character, when we don't obey. So how do they get punished? I take them outside, I make them run, we do push-ups, sit-ups, crunches, mm -hmm. you name it. But I don't put my hands on my babies. That's so beautiful uh, because the Bible says that God chastens those that he loves. Mm -hmm. So I can see, obviously, your chastening with your kids uh, because you clearly love them. Uh, God says that uh, he obviously is a better parent than we can ever be. Mm -hmm. um, so... Right now, COVID-19, um, people losing jobs, uh, kids staying at home. How are you uh, really using Jesus in your walk with the time that we in? And how are you handling this time? Well, first of all, I haven't had a job in three years. I haven't had a job in three years. Like, I, I well, I worked for a company for a month, but it was only like $42.00 a day for four days out of the week which is like 178 dollars uh you know a week so you add that up and that's what i was living off of but how do i incorporate that man because i believe god is gonna i believe god is who he say he is. he's gonna do what he uh, said he's gonna do but it's not gonna be on our timing it's gonna definitely be on his timing and when he knows that you're ready for it mm -hmm. so how do i implement that in my life daily i have this book of affirmations of the power of uh, prayer of authority wow. watching what i say wow. conquering my thought life uh putting on my whole armor of god and uh what was the other one there was another one in there uh, uh, my i am statements my i am statements and i use those daily you know when i go into people's houses i have to have peace um when i go in there so i make sure that i'm covered before i go in there i implement prayer all day every day you know, through song, dance, whatever I need to do to make sure that my mind, because it's up here first. If it gets up here, then it's get all in here. If it gets into your mindset, then it can get into your heart. It can flow out of your mouth. So you got to conquer this first. Right now in this time, there's so much depression with what's going on. People walking in fear with what's going on. And people are going crazy from losing their jobs. You, uh, it seems that you told me you found a sense of peace you found a sense of uh, comfort uh, in your storm, right? In mm -hmm. those three years in that struggle uh, because things are obviously gonna change for you. But how can you help people right now who are 
depressed over what you walked through, going crazy over what you made it out of. What words of encouragement can you give? That God will never leave you nor forsake you. You know, uh, that he's always there. No matter where you look, you can always find God in anything. You can find God in the music. You can find God in television. You can find God in uh, your brothers and sisters, you know, just in your everyday walk. You just got to look for them and you'll find them. Period. You know, and I mean, I do mean anything, anyone. I I had to um, go back. Uh, to the Old Testament because a lot of people say that Jesus is in there. As you were saying that, um, I was just thinking about all the Old Testament and how it prophesies Jesus. So right now, people are walking, um, and a lot of these walks are in the Old Testament. How can we, and you've been able to incorporate Jesus in your walk, and I can see him all through the Old Testament, but for some people who are not walking, who are walking by sight and not by faith, how can you get them to put Jesus into this storm? Um, you know what? I'm going to answer that. Let's go to break and we'll get back into that on the next segment. All right, Anchor fans. So Brother Knowledge is back with Brother Yancey. And there was a question that Brother Yancey um, was asking about incorporating Jesus, correct? Absolutely. Um, At this current time that we're living in with uh, COVID-19, so much racism, systemic racism going on, um, how would you uh, help people or educate them on how to incorporate Jesus in this current struggle and this time? Uh, I would just tell them, like, you know, to dive into the word, but into detail, I tell them, like, abandon your old self. Mm. You know, abandon the lifestyle that you knew beforehand because it ain't going to save you. It's not going to help you. It's pretty much going to hinder you mm. from um, what God needs you to do, you know, as far as answering your calling. So I would say be an outsider and an anomaly to the system. If I was selling drugs for five, ten years straight, getting good money, how do I abandon that life? Walk away from it. Give me some keys to do so. Uh, you just gotta let it go. You know, I mean, it's as tough as it's gonna be, you're just gonna have to walk away from it. You're gonna have to make a choice. You know, who you gonna serve? You gonna serve God? You gonna serve the world? Mm. That's good. Uh, that kind of makes me think of a house the body can't stand. And on another hand, it makes me think of eternity. A lot of people are kind of playing the game for right now. Uh, and the word says, uh, what does it profit a man to gain uh, the world and lose his soul? So uh, that's dope. Uh, definitely want to turn and walk away uh, from this, uh, whatever it is you're going through. Even, you know, you can relate it to where um, it's uh, better for uh, what is it? A man to go, a rich man to go through the uh, right, eye of a, a needle. It. Say it, yeah. You know, a rich man. Like, God can't use people that think that they're perfect. God can't use people that think that they know it all. Mm. You can't, because they feel like they know it all. They have it all. I don't need God. I already got everything that I want. Everything mm. you want, but not everything that you need and you're supposed to have. I feel like everything that you're literally saying, I had to walk through those steps 
another thing that I think has been the constant throughout this is the word, the word, the word. Uh, and this is what popped in my spirit when you said that. Um, lean not to your own understanding. Uh, and in fact, our thoughts are not his thoughts. So in the midst of COVID-19, in the midst of maybe losing a job, kids not uh, going to school, and there's a whole bunch of even spousal abuse, right? So whether you male, whether you female, uh, just the way you said it, we have to lean not to our own understanding. The Bible even says that there's a way that seems right to a man that only leads to destruction. So for me, I had to get conscious of what is my carnal ways and what is the creator saying about transforming my ways. So I think that's good. Number one, turn away. Uh, and number two, not uh, leaning to our own understanding. So kudos to that. <laughs> uh, right, right now, um, it's a very trying time. Uh, Paul talks a lot about, well, not talks a lot about, but he practically wrote the New Testament, uh, but entrepreneurship. Um, where uh, where do you see uh, entrepreneurship, uh, I guess, in the Bible? We have people, people like Peter. Uh, we have people like, of course, Paul and different disciples. Uh, but how could you... Uh, encourage people who are struggling to maybe get a job, maybe uh, uh, do felonies, what have you, especially being black, not being able to get a job. Um, How can you encourage those people at this time? Invest in yourself. Mm -hmm. uh, invest in, in people. I mean, you think about it. When we were in gangs and, and things like that, we had a crowd, right? Facts. Doing the wrong things. Facts. So, why can't we use that same crowd to do the right things? Mm -hmm. You know, like the people that's in prison, when they get out, it's tough to get a job. People that's in jail, when you get a felony, it's tough to get a job. Come on. But you can invest in yourself. I mean, you, if you can make, like you said earlier, about $10, Come on, you can knowledge. make a million dollars. Come on, so knowledge. you imagine you getting 10 people together, or let's just say 12, like Jesus. Get 12 people together. Each person has a lawnmower. Or each person has a, a, a form of equipment to uh, invest in landscaping. Mm. You bring all them together, get you a van, a truck, whatever. Y'all go do somebody's yard. You go do some yards. And you take those finances that you made that day and you divvy it up. And you got your own business. It you seems like what you just said is similar to Acts. Uh, I believe y'all might have even been reading on that. Uh, but they really came together and the mm -hmm. way you presented that idea it wasn't necessarily for self because America is a place of capitalism right. so we have so many things where people are just trying to uh, take uh, you, you feel me from the people and build up wealth for their own self so uh, for you <laughs> to put that idea together uh, and incorporate all the people that's very similar to acts how they work together they did everything together ate together brought the money uh together so i think uh togetherness is an important thing especially when they're talking about quarantine especially right. when they're talking about keeping us uh apart right and, and separated yeah so how do you uh think that separation that the this government has us on and worldwide really 
how do you think that's playing out spiritually into everything right now? Uh, what do you mean exactly, like playing out spiritually? Uh, just the isolation that uh, they have us on with COVID-19. Mm-hmm. Oh. Then you mentioned the togetherness of the business. Well, right now, the, the invisible enemy that we can't see, COVID-19, it's mm-hmm. meant to destroy us, to keep us distracted from um, what's really going on mm-hmm. behind the scenes. Because you think about it, when that census came and they gave us finances and you know they told us about COVID nineteen, everybody was stuck in the house, right? Mm-hmm. Nobody was making money. Mm-hmm. Nobody was making money. But then, soon as they gave us money, because they know when they give you money, they give you this. What you gonna go out there and do? You gonna go spend it? Mm-hmm. You gonna go spend your money back on the ones that gave it to you? You gonna go back and invest in them, and that's gonna you know help their pocketbook. Mm-hmm. But what Please. has it help? Has it helped? Has it helped you? Has it helped your family? What did it do? Nothing. Mm. It kept you in bondage, enslaved. Still, to this day. That That's super duper good. Uh, and you gave a, a specific strategy, even just with the stimulus check, invest in mm. yourself. So I love how you put that. Uh, but even just to elaborate a little more on... Uh, the body, the body of God. We were in churches together and mm-hmm. then COVID stopped all of this. How can we find unity in this uh, quarantine? Through, through the power of prayer, the main thing, the power of prayer. I, I just got to shoot it straightforward to you. Power of prayer, getting down on our knees, praying, you know, like me and my sisters uh, and even you, Brother Yancey, we on the prayer line every day. And literally we out here in Tulsa with you right now. Togetherness. You know, speaking the word, doing a podcast, and and bringing awareness to what the real, uh, what the true word of God is. You know, even though people try to shut us down, we still stand up and we do it anyway. We might look weird to them, we might look crazy, but again, they call Jesus crazy. They call his followers uh, crazy for yeah, following him. Yeah. So at the end of the day, we're doing the right thing. I think it's beautiful that you even said that because. The Bible says that uh, God will use the foolish things uh, to confound the wise, right? Mm. And use even uh, fools like me because I come from, uh, let me say it like this, because I heard that um, uh, God will be able to pick up a team like of all weak people, garbage people, picking up the person who picked last, put that team together and make them great. Mm -hmm. Coming from no dad, no mom, uh, you know, being homeless and all of these things, uh, I feel like one of those people who God picked up and made great. When I was in COVID, uh, dealing with the whole quarantine, I was in my crib. Uh, I didn't want to be out uh, because I really have a health issue. So Mm -hmm. your prayer line, bro, it found me. Not only did it find me, but it strengthened me. It encourages me. And look, bro, in the midst of a quarantine, I don't know if it's still going, but we chilling, right? We here, we on the podcast, we doing this. Uh, You definitely came down here, so I'm excited about that. I'm going to just tell you, I learned to be a man of my word. Mm -hmm. If I said I was going to do it, I'm going to do it. I told you one day we was going to come down here. I ain't know when, but we happen to be down here June 25th. Um, COVID-19 didn't scare me at all. I mm-hmm. care less about a mask and all of that stuff. didn't scare me at all. What is it that keeps you uh, without fear in this time? Because a lot of people... The Word of God. Okay. What's the word of God? What the Word of God tells me, you know, uh, staying in my Word daily, uh, nightly, 
throughout the day, just staying in that, you know, basking in his presence, staying just deeply rooted in the word and in just that relationship that I have with the father. Because remember, I told you, I asked for these things. I asked for these experiences and I literally found like COVID-19 in the Bible. Come on. So let me ask you this. What particular scriptures can you stand on to uh, be firm in your uh, walk to not be in fear, uh, but to be as brave and courageous as you are? Because a lot of people are falling by the wayside. A lot of people are kind of um, just afraid of what uh, COVID-19 can do, afraid of what it may even be doing to their family. So as you give me a couple scriptures to uh, stand on, to not walk in fear, uh, but to stand firm in the word, uh, elaborate on that a little bit. And then after that segue into health, because with health, black people in COVID-19 is killing us. So number one, give us some scripture to stand on. Number two, just elaborate on health. Um, Galatians 3 and 13. I'm redeemed from the curse of the law. Mm. Curse mm. of the law. Come on. The law has told us that this is a curse and that this COVID-19, this invisible thing that we can't see, mm. uh, is killing us. But we believe so much in what we don't even see. Again, uh, we don't see this, but we don't believe in God and we can't see Ooh, him either. Come on, say that. But why, but we believe in something that can kill us, say that. but we don't believe in the creator who created us. Wow. It's like, who do you really believe in? Wow. What do you really believe in? Do you really believe the word of God? And I'm talking about preachers, teachers, prophets, those who call themselves all these things that, um, you know, oh, well, the word of God is this, and I, I have this title, and this is that, and I have credentials for that. Okay, so what do you really believe in? Mm -hmm. Because in here, in the word, it tells us about COVID-19. If you really look for it, you can find it in there. It's just like with Moses and uh, Pharaoh and the pestilence and, and all those plagues that came about. Mm -hmm. The same exact thing, but where was their belief? And so uh, for me... I stand on uh, conquering my thought life, mm. you know, and I have this, uh, this, uh, it's a bunch of scriptures put into one though. So it's called conquering the thought life. And it says in the name of Jesus, I take authority over my thought life. Even though I walk and live in flesh, I am not carrying on my warfare according to the flesh and using mere human weapons for the weapons of my warfare are not physical weapons of flesh and blood, but they are mighty before God for the overthrow and the destruction of strongholds. I refute arguments and theories and reasonings and every proud and lofty thing that sets itself up against the true knowledge of God. And I lead every thought and purpose away captive in the obedience of Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one. With my soul, I will bless the Lord with every thought and purpose in life. My mind will not wander out of the presence of God. My life shall glorify the Father, Spirit, soul, and body. I take no account of the evil done to me. I pay no attention to a suffered wrong. It holds no place in my thought life. I am ever ready to believe the best of every person, and I gird up the loins of my mind and set my mind and keep it set on what is above, the higher things, which, you know, heaven, mm -hmm. and not on the things that are on the earth. Whatever is true, whatever is worthy of reverence and is honorable and seemingly, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely and lovable, whatever is kind and winsome and gracious 
If there is any virtue and excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, I will think on and weigh and take account of these things and I will fix my mind on it. Mm -hmm. So this is like telling you how to conquer your thought life. Fix your mind on the right things and not on the wrong things. Fix your mind on the word of God and what the word of God says instead of what the world is telling us. Um, the carnal mind is no longer operative for now we have the mind of Christ, the Messiah, and do hold the thoughts and feelings and purposes of his heart. In the name of Jesus, I will practice what I have learned, received, and heard, and seen in Christ and model my way of living on it in the God of peace of untroubled, undisturbed well-being will be with me. So it tells us right there that God is with us in all of this. When we learn to conquer, I mean, uh, conquer our thought life and not use the carnal things, you know, our carnal mind, but be more of the mind of Christ, then now we can say that we can walk in this. We can talk this. We can live this. You can heal somebody just by your very words. Mm -hmm. Just like in Acts, you know, where we're talking about people were healed uh, from the shadows and things like that. But you'll walk differently. You'll talk differently. You won't be like everybody else. What drops in my mind as soon as you say that is be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Uh, the passage was beautiful. Uh, so uh, really, that same thing sort of worked for me. I began to change my words. Mm -hmm. uh, the words that I use, you said that the very words you use can actually heal a person. Mm -hmm. My words literally heal me, right? Mm -hmm. And so um, I was selling um, 50 cars a month in 2018. And so in June, two years ago, the doctors told me that I have four months to live, right? Uh, gave me a diagnosis of a condition called PML. Um, as you know, I uh, was uh, quoted to die in just four months. And so that's a word that I received. The Bible says, first was the word, and the word was God. So as you speak about healing with these words, as you speak about transforming our mind and our life with these words, it was something that I literally had to do. So when I uh, see things like that, or when I use the word, for me, it's a real transformation. For me, it was a real thing that I had to use to live. So. Uh, and using the word, I had to know people's stories like Job. I had to know people's stories like uh, Paul. I had to know people's stories like Joseph. Uh, this way, I could speak it over myself. So uh, as you speak about the word, uh, as you uh, speak about transforming your mind, uh, and as we say, we're out of COVID-19, I understand as I talk about health that uh, it's affecting a lot of black people. Uh, it's affecting a lot of older people. Uh, and I use the word to help me uh, live. How can, uh, or do you know anybody who, number one, maybe have experienced uh, COVID-19? And then number two, how can you use the word to avoid health or come out of health? Bad yeah. health. Yes, um, one of my family members uh, actually experienced COVID-19, mm. and he's uh, still alive. Wow. But um, uh, as far as uh, the health thing, you know, walk by faith and not by sight. Come on, uh, wow. Faith is the substance of things hoped Ooh, for yeah. and the evidence of things not yet seen. Mm. And also, faith without the work mm. is dead. So it's, it's not enough to just have the faith. 
and not put in the work. Mm. Because if you don't put in the work, you don't have faith. It just dies. Right. So how do you do that? Basically, you have to be like a child. You have to have an imagination. That's an good. imagination to where you believe everything. You believe like when you're walking outside, you believe that something is speaking to you. That you can see something that nobody else sees or that you can hear other things that nobody else. You begin to walk like you like in La La Land, that's in, in good. A, you know, in, in yeah. the fairy, yeah. fairy tale oh, yeah. world. Oh yeah. So I believe that that's how a lot of people can receive their healing is when they begin to have that childlike faith. That's cool. As I hear you think, uh, speak on that and having that childlike faith. Something you said was uh, the imagination of a child. Mm -hmm. I kind of took that imagination of a child and the words uh, to be able to have that imagination and then begin to speak words to, to that, what you see. Uh, Walmart was first started in the imagination, in the mind, in the spirit. Any any uh, product, any car, any uh, thing that you buy was first started in this place. Uh, as I speak about this, um, I think of the blind man, um, the leper, uh, the guy who was at the pool of Bethesda, there had to be a mindset uh, in their head previously to their healing. And so uh, the imagination, it can keep you in bad health. Your imagination can keep you uh, down. So as you said, that uh, walk by faith and not by sight, right? You have to speak against the imagination and the words that may come when you're imagination thought life is mm -hmm. negative right so right. uh that's freedom for me i'm sure for other people uh the nuggets that you gave uh, to walk by faith and not by sight and especially the imagination so uh i think that's super dope that's really beautiful uh but um i, I just uh I'm grateful uh, for, number one, the knowledge that you've given me, uh, number two, for this opportunity. So, uh, since you came all the way uh, from Tulsa uh, just to see me, uh, well... Man, uh, it's, it's just been a blessing to come on out here, you know, uh, come out here from uh, Oklahoma City to Tulsa. Uh, like I said, I knew we would come out here and we would be visiting with you and uh and hey we just come out here to bless you to uh you know grace your presence because the lord allowed us to do it and i'm pretty sure you feel the same way as we do so uh definitely uh man we're gonna have to do it again sometime we're gonna get ready and uh, wrap it up so uh we're gonna move the break and then we'll close it out all right anchor fans so we just getting ready to close it out um uh, Brother Yancey has some closing words he wants to say, and then I'll uh, come in last and we'll shut her down. Uh, number one, I'm so excited that you guys came to uh, spend this time with me. Um, just the real, authentic, genuine love that I got get uh, is very symbolic and metaphoric to uh, the love that the Creator gives me. And I know that God works through people, so he, uh, for you to answer the call and say yes, uh, and allow him to use you to show the love, number one, is dope. Uh, number two, I hope that we can, uh, communicate that love, 
uh, through this podcast, whether it be through our line or any of the things that we do. So um, to all the good things that we going to manifest, uh, thanks for this opportunity today and further forevermore. Love. Man, you are definitely welcome, man. It's all love. I definitely uh, got blessed coming out here doing this podcast with you. Uh, we're going to do more, so stick around. Anchor fans, we are going to be doing some amazing things. This brother has a, a, a testimony and a call on his life. You guys are going to see a serious miracle in this brother, Yancey Duckett. But, um, you know, just to let y'all know, man, just keep God first in everything you do. Uh, don't get easily distracted. You know, if it's TV, cut it off. If it's the music, cut that off. If it's family, sorry to say, but cut them off. Cut you can't it. take them with you. At the end of the day, it's you, God. So everything else doesn't matter. I love y'all. Blessings to y'all. Knowledge.